Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello world and welcome to Trust the Tape, episode 11.14.18. I'm Jeff Kavanaugh at JC1053 on the Twitter. And I'm alongside my co-host, the great Dane Brugler at DP Brugler. You can uh, find his work on theathletic.com and everywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. DallasCowboys.com, 105.3 The Fan, pretty much everywhere. The great Dane Brugler. Good, uh, I, I'm trying not to say good morning to tell people when we broadcast and when we podcast because mm. I don't know when they're listening. That's true. So instead of good morning, I will say hello, Dane. Hi. <laughs> Happy day. Uh that's generic, right? Happy time to whoever you are and however you're listening. And happy, welcome. Happy November. To a boring college football season. Boring. Is that unfair? Mm, a little bit. It didn't even change. The top 10 didn't change. First time. Nobody moved. First time ever. Just, uh, nobody moved. First time in forever that the top 10 all went awful. 10 and 0. Yeah, it, it, this late in the season, we just rarely see that. But, you know, I think this is a good chance to kind of reset and say, okay, let's. You know, we only have two weeks left in the regular season. Uh, then we have championship weekend. Uh, so let's reset and see, okay, who's really got a realistic chance at this thing? Well, we're going to have – this is not going to make it. I just I want everybody to know that. It's not going to make it. What? Somebody's going to throw a wrench in here. I, you it's, would think. It, it's going to happen. Yeah? I see you not believing me. I, I'm eager to hear what, I'm putting what's going to happen. Call. I'm putting in the call. Yeah, be more specific. I'm putting in the call. One of the top four teams will lose this weekend. Ooh. Okay, all right. Well, it's not Alabama. It's not Alabama. Who plays the Citadel. By the way, I heard this. I do in. hope that the Citadel has a great showing, though. I, I heard this coming in. The How much do you think you'd have to bet on Alabama to win straight up? To win $100... Okay, so the odds. Yeah. Um, to I, win $100, how much do you think, and no, no odds or no point spread, just straight up, how much would you have to bet on Alabama to win 100 Oh, the okay, money line bet. If you bet the Citadel to win straight up and you bet 100 I bet you get 200 to 1. So that would be, I bet you have to bet 50 grand to win 100 bucks. Close. What is it? Seven hundred and fifty grand. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take that. That's that's great odds. And how much would you have to bet to get a hundred dollars if you pick Citadel straight up? A uh, quarter. Seven cents. <laughs> okay. So well, yes, that's a great bet. You yes, never know. Exactly. College football, any given Saturday, seven cents. Who 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 wouldn't want to risk that? So I'll do it. I'm in. So Bama's not going to lose. Basically, Alabama's not going to lose to the Citadel. So fair point. Uh, Clemson, they've got an interesting one against Duke, and this will be a good game to check out. Daniel Jones, uh, who was outstanding against North Carolina last weekend, ran all over. He had like 186 rushing yards, uh, over 300 yards passing. So. Uh, going up against Clemson, and you know Daniel Jones is interesting because he's not playing with a lot of NFL guys on offense. He's probably the only legit prospect, and that shows at times, especially with the offensive line. And he's going up against a really strong defensive line, so I don't think that Clemson's going to stub their toe here. Clemson is not okay. going to lose. 
let's skip three. Let's go to Michigan. Uh huh. Who's Michigan got? They are in the they're Indiana, I believe. Yeah, they play Indiana and in the Big House. That's hard to see them falling there. Michigan is not going to lose. That leaves us with number three, Notre Dame. Let's go with the Syracuse is going to upset Notre Dame on Saturday. That's going to happen. What is this? The Pinstripe Classic or what are they? Call I don't know. Now? Let me see. I'll find what they play for and we'll decide if it's something. But the we game's want. in Yankee Stadium, so no, that's awful. There's going to be a lot of bandwagon fans who their seasons, their Yankee season and Irish season could end at Yankee Stadium. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find if they play for anything. Number 12, Syracuse. Number 3, Notre Dame. It's a 130, uh, well, 230 Eastern NBC game. Doesn't look like an official rivalry game, Dane. No, but it's a Yankee Stadium. They don't stadium. play for anything cool. But it's a Yankee Stadium. All right, so they play for the uh, the Battle of Babe Ruth. There you go. Is what we have here. And yeah, and this isn't for any particular reason other than Syracuse isn't awful, and this is not going to hold forever. Somebody's going to lose. Somebody's going to screw this up. And uh, Notre Dame's the one. So Notre Dame is going to lose. It's going to be great because this will end up getting wild. It's going to get wild. See, what's going to happen is Notre Dame's going to take a loss. Which uh, they're out. The Big 12 is going to cannibalize itself. Because West Virginia, West and, Virginia Oklahoma. and Oklahoma are going to play each other twice, and West Virginia is going to win the first one. Oklahoma is going to win the second one. Okay. And so they're both going to be out. That's going to be fine. No problem. Uh, Ohio State is going to beat Michigan okay. and throw them out. In Columbus. But then I need Ohio State to take a loss because all I'm doing is I'm trying to draw my way to Mike Leach in the playoff. So I'm Ohio trying to State. get Washington State into the playoff. Ohio State would have to lose to Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game. That works for me. I'll take it. Okay. And Washington State has to beat, I think, Arizona this week and then uh, Washington in the Apple Cup. And then whoever they face in the South in the the Pac-12 championship, probably Utah, maybe Arizona State. So you see what I brought to the podcast? This is in honor of Mike Leach (laughs) in the Apple Cup. I brought a Granny Smith. I don't believe you. This is an odd, no, that's why I brought okay. it. Yeah, that's why I brought it. Yep, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. Do you think you think the top four will end up holding? You think we'll just have the boring season and we'll go Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan? I mean, history tells us no. Like It's not going to happen. Uh, but it, it's a long shot for Alabama to lose uh, just with as good as they're playing. Clemson, ACC so weak, it's hard to see anyone knocking them off. Notre Dame, if they're going to lose, it's going to be this weekend against Syracuse. Uh, I don't think that USC has a chance to beat them. And then with Michigan, yeah, I mean, they could lose in Columbus. I think they're they're playing like the better team right now than Ohio State. But in Columbus and that rivalry, Ohio State's got the talent. They've got the quarterback. Uh, they could, you know, it wouldn't be a shock at all to see them beat Michigan. Uh, so I, if I'm a betting man, I'm still going chalk as we are right now with the top four. But History tells us that that's not going to happen. Uh, top 10 teams that have interesting games. Could West Virginia get a scare from Oklahoma State? They're going on the road. Oklahoma State could at least maybe score a bunch of points. Yeah. Uh, I know we get a not necessarily an accurate reflection of how good you are on offense when you play Oklahoma. You just score 40 because Oklahoma right. is atrocious at defense. Uh this is a random question because it's the team I watch the most. Oklahoma doesn't have better corners on that team anywhere? No. Do they ever? Holy cow. Uh, I mean, Holy cow. It's just amazing how they can't recruit defense. I mean, they get a couple defensive linemen here and there. They get 
Uh, you know, they I, get three Ford outside yeah. rush guys. Eric Stryker, yeah. 5'11", 200 pounds. They get rushers. a guy, uh, Obinaya last year. They get a guy like Zach Sanchez in the secondary who, you know, he'll mm. he'll make some picks if mm. uh, you throw it to him, but okay. not going to make plays. So, yeah, it's Oklahoma State. Yeah, they have a chance. You know, I they uh, what they they're going to score points. You know, we showed they showed that against Texas. They showed it against Oklahoma, and you know they're going to score points. It's just a matter of can the defense do anything to slow down Will Greer and that potent offense. Okay, is there anything from this past weekend that we uh, that we need to go over? Obviously, chalk held nothing. Nothing yeah, happened, Dane. Nothing really nothing did happen. Happened I, it, except let me take let me throw this out there. I haven't seen the odds lately. But should we? This is not a gambling show, and I'm not recommending you put money on anything. I would but, never gamble offshore or in country. But but if you get like three to one odds, should you put money on Kyler Murray to win the Heisman? I know Tua has been the overwhelming gambling favorite, but if you're just going off of a stat line, which is a little bit unfair, Kyler Murray's the current Heisman winner. By what metric? Um, here, let me pull up both of their stats for the season, and okay. I'll give you my metric that says Kyler Murray's the Heisman winner. Stats. Okay, so here is Kyler. Here is Tua. So Tua completing 68% of his <laughs> passes for 2,500 yards, 11 yards per attempt, 28 touchdowns, two picks. Kyler Murray, 71% of his passes for 500 more yards, a higher yards per attempt, Five, four extra touchdowns, three extra picks, higher rating, and he adds in running for 640 yards and seven touchdowns. By the stat line, Kyler Murray is the Heisman winner. Yeah, but context. One plays in the SEC, one plays in the Big 12. But if I have to bet $300 to win 100 on Tua, and I could bet 100 to win 300 on Kyler, right. is that worth... I'll check my new Heisman odds. Let me see what the Heisman odds look like. I think now. the only way it is worth it is because two is gimpy. And if he goes out, if he gets hurt in the Iron Bowl and then can't play in the SEC championship game, and that opens the door for Kyler to have a big time moment, absolutely that could happen. But two has been the best player this year. Tua is now he is now you have to bet four hundred and fifty dollars to win a hundred. Kyler Murray, you bet a hundred dollars to win five hundred. Hmm. So you get five to one odds if you think that somebody's going to get fooled by the stat line. Will Greer third, by the way. He'll get an invite to New York. I bet a hundred, get seven hundred. Yeah, we'll see Will Greer in New York. I, I wish we'd see Quinn and Williams in there too, but it's probably not going to happen. And of course, nobody ever gamble. Of course, no, no, no. It's uh, it. What about the kids? Unless it's um, the over on a Big Twelve game. It, no, mm-mm. gambling leads to um, your home being repossessed. And oh, no, what happened? Your kids can't go to school. It's just gambling is a terrible thing, kids. Just don't do it. I, I don't spe- know. That's what we're you, told. Speaking just, from experience? No, just, gambling oh, okay. is just a, such a terrible you heard thing. heard of PSA. And- unless you're in Vegas or what Jersey or Atlantic <laughs> City or wherever. Yeah, we um, didn't have much happen this past weekend. I, I mean, I, Florida State at Notre Dame, a lot of people kind of were hoping Florida State might put up a challenge to uh, – the Ian Bookless Notre Dame Irish, and that didn't happen. Uh, Notre Dame handled them pretty well. Uh, a lot of their seniors showed out. Dexter Williams, a running back. Elise Mack, uh, the tight end, both played well. Mississippi State and Alabama, that was not a contest. That It was over at halftime. Uh, Auburn and Georgia. You know, I 
Auburn, the Jarrett Stidham thing is keeps it's interesting because he does some things that make you okay. He can play a little bit, but just doesn't do it in, with any consistency. And I think you, before people just completely give up on him as a prospect and throw in the towel, you really have to separate him from that Auburn offense and realize what they're asking him to do. You know what he's being coached to do. And once you get him out of that system, what he could possibly grow into, develop into. His so, senior? He's redshirt junior, but he's coming out. Can he go to the senior bowl? Yes. He's a graduate. So, yes, he okay. will be at the senior bowl. I'll put it that way. Oh, I'll put it. He's not that he will be at the senior bowl. He has an invite. So as long as he wants to be at the senior bowl, he will be there. Which, by the way, senior bowl invites started to go out this week. We had a few, uh, a few already accept, uh, well, at least uh, acknowledge they received a Jalen Moore, the running back from App State. Uh, but he suffered a pretty gruesome ankle injury in October. I don't think he's going to be ready to play by late January. Maybe it, it, you know if he works his butt off, he'll be able to play. But even then, I don't know if that's the best best thing for him to do. Could Maybe. the Senior Bowl have uh, Jarrett Stidham, Drew Locke, and Will Greer there? Yes. Plus, oh, that plus, would be an awesome Senior Bowl. Plus Daniel Jones. Oh uh, yeah, he's, yeah, a, yeah. he's a redshirt junior who's on pace to graduate. So if he wants to be there. He could be there. Uh, and the big question will be, okay, let's say those two redshirt juniors are in the senior bowl, and they, they, they take eight quarterbacks total. Locke and Greer are both in there, so that's four. Ryan Finley's in there. That's five. So you have three three spots left. Who do those three spots go to? Kyler Murray, who's too young and yeah. playing baseball. Uh, three spots left for a handful of guys. Gardner Minshew from Washington State has really put up a strong resume, and that's this is the type of thing that, that scouts want to see him in an all-star setting like this. Remove him from that Washington State offense. See how he does uh, at, in a place like Mobile, Alabama. Or just draft him late and then bring Mike Leach and bring the offense with him. <laughs> Why not? It would be fun. Clayton Thorson from Northwestern. Cal Shermer, Vanderbilt, Easton Stick, North Dakota State. Trace McSorley, Penn State. Brett Rippon, Boise State. I mean, these are the players that are going to be competing for those final uh, three or four spots at the Senior Bowl for the quarterback. So that's is, going to be interesting. Is this the biggest year where the Senior Bowl really could determine draft stock? Like Carson Wentz could, I guess he could have hurt himself at the Senior Bowl, but we knew he was going high. Yeah. Josh Allen, we knew he was going high. Is this a year where the order that some of these guys go could really be determined by that week? You know, I don't, last year we had Baker and Josh Allen in Mobile, and I think that that definitely played a part in the way that they were drafted. Um, if Baker doesn't go to Mobile... I don't know, because, uh, I mean, really, that Senior Bowl was the first real exposure John Dorsey had to Baker Mayfield in person. So, I mean, he, he went to a few of his games. He went, I know he went to the Kansas game and all that. But I'm talking about up close and personal, chance to, you know, meet with Baker and, you know, see him really close up. Senior Bowl is really that first opportunity. So, you know, who knows? If Baker doesn't go to the Senior Bowl, is he still going to take number one overall? I don't know. Maybe, maybe Josh Allen, that was big for him in terms of, uh, you know, the season did not end well for him at Wyoming, but he was the senior bowl, played really well, got better every day, uh, and he continued that momentum into the combine. So it, senior bowl is huge for Josh Allen. Uh, and now this is going to be big for these quarterbacks. Drew Locke, Will Greer, uh, Daniel Jones, Jarrett Stidham. Uh, we could see some separation if all these guys go to the senior bowl and based on how they play, could help uh, figure out the pecking order of when they're going to be drafted. I need one of them to uh, get drafted at like 40 Five or so. That's about where I need one of them. Right around 45. Which one can I have? Is that where you're slating Dallas to pick? Yeah, yeah, give or take. Yeah. You think there's any shot they'd take a quarterback there? I just think they're all in on Dak. 
And if, they, and if it doesn't work, it's all or nothing. If it doesn't work out, okay. Well, then we last two weeks have been good. They have since sure. they've gotten Amari Cooper. They're suddenly one of the best at converting third downs instead of one of the worst. Completion percentages up. Uh, I'm not quitting on Dak. I'm terrified of twenty million dollar Dak. Yeah. That's all. Which we that's don't all. think that's going to happen before, or we don't think that the team normally the does it a year early. Right. Normally, you think in this scenario, I, if they do it, I would say well, that's not smart front office. No, of course it's make not. him play it out. You have an opportunity to spend money on other positions and yes. see what you can do. Yes. And then you figure it out. Hopefully that's you never know, do. Dane. Uh, you never know. Welcome not wrong. to the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know. I think that there's more of a chance that they go tight end, go another position in the Get second Get a tight round. end, sign Earl Thomas, and go win the Super Bowl. That's that's what they're going to try and do. And the then end. If it doesn't work out, then you worry about quarterback in 2020 draft. Yeah, the 2020 but, draft. Is it that much better? Because somebody asked me. I was like, yeah, it's all about 2020, not 2019. And they were yeah. like, why? And I was like, well... Two, I guess. Two is and a if, big one. And if Herbert's... Herbert. If he doesn't come out this year. It just seems more and more like he's going back, which, you know, that's... Right now is where we hear a lot of the chatter about players going to the NFL, they're coming back, and still, really, it's still early. Uh, literally, two... They have two months from right now. January 15th is the deadline. So, they have two months from right now to make a decision. There's still a lot of time, still a lot of things that can happen that could sway decisions. Um, now, with that said, I tweeted the other day, Texas Longhorn fans are like this, that I'm told that the buzz from these players, from Texas's top juniors, which is the two receivers, Colin Johnson and Lil' Jordan Humphrey, and then the safety, Brandon Jones, the buzz is, is they're going back to school for their senior year. And well, Austin's a cool place. As long as you're getting well compensated while you're there, <laughs> which, you know, I'm sure they're not because that would be against the rules. And, uh, if that's the cool. case, Texas next year, they're going to be looking like a – Big 12 favorite, possibly, with Ooh. Sam Ellinger coming back. He's, I think Sam Ellinger is one of the top 10 or 12 quarterbacks in college football. I think he is getting better does he throw, and better. Does he throw well enough to play on Sundays? Uh, not at this point, but he's like he's a lot better now than he was in September. Yeah. So I think that continued growth and development, I mean, he's getting there. So eager to see where he is at this point next year because, you know, at this current trajectory, he's he's getting better every day. Okay, we have questions. If there's oh, nothing else you want to do, I any, have any good questions? Oh, dude, are you kidding me? Let's, the Trust the Tape crowd has the best questions. By the fire way, them off. shout out to my guy Femi. Uh, if that's not how you pronounce <laughs> your name, let me know. I found out yesterday he's a listener. He's the guy that works for a TV station in uh, what city is Washington State in? Pullman. Uh, yeah, so he works up there. And he posts the clips of Mike Leach every week, so oh, okay. he's my guy. Nice. So I just let him know. I said, "You're my guy. I love you because you give me this audio and we Instant play it on entertainment. radio." And he said, "All right." He said, "Great. That's awesome. Thanks for trust the tape. Love what you and Dane do." Awesome. So our Washington State guy who's listening, awesome. we love you. Awesome. Now, question number one from Bobby: Since the Cowboys need a more modern tight end, don't worry. This is not all going to be Cowboys. I swear, people. This is to apply to anybody. Since the Random football team needs a more modern tight end. Who are some of the more dynamic and athletic tight ends we should be talking about in April? Uh, well, Noah Font. Yeah, in, first and at foremost, Iowa, of course, starts with Fant, uh, number eighty-seven, and his teammate belongs in the conversation too, T.J. Hawkinson, uh, who's not is he's not quite the athlete that Fant is. Uh, his Fant's going to be ridiculous at the combine. He's going to his vertical is going to be ridiculous. Uh, his testing numbers are going to be great. But TJ Hawkinson is a terrific athlete as well. Uh, he's no slouch. He's going to be a better blocker than Fant, and he's, like I said, not a bad athlete either. 
So I think he's also in that conversation. Irv Smith, what he's doing at Alabama. Sounds like Cowboys will have the second Iowa tight end above the first one since he blocks. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Just depends what you want. Uh, I think uh, Irv Smith's in that conversation. You get, get a lot of O.J. Howard vibes from him. Um, Dawson Knox from Ole Miss is that athletic uh, move tight end. Can give you a little bit as a blocker, but you're going to draft him for what he does because of his athleticism. Mitchell Wilcox from South Florida, same type of deal. Uh, and then Jay Sternberger from AM, who looks looks more like a f- oversized wide receiver, but he's got that route athleticism. He's got uh, sticky hands where he, he, the ball just kind of sticks to uh, his hands when he puts them out there. So uh, there's some athletic tight. And it, I should mention all these guys are juniors that we mentioned. They have to come out and declare before. Who's the best senior? Probably Foster Moreau, uh, LSU. If not him, then I really like the Washington tight end, Drew Sample. Um, those two tight ends are the top seniors, uh, whatever order you want. And then I think there's a little bit of a drop-off. It's just not a great senior uh, group of tight ends. But the junior class is loaded. I mentioned all those guys, plus who didn't I mention? Albert O from Missouri. He's not quite the athlete that people make him out to be. Uh, Zach Gentry from Michigan. Um, Alizé Mack from Notre Dame. He has He's technically a fourth-year junior, even though he's listed as a senior. That's how Notre Dame does it. He's a fourth-year junior, but I'm told... He's leaving. He's going to the pros. So Alizé Mack will be in this draft class. Caleb Wilson from UCLA. Uh, we could have as many as a dozen uh, junior tight ends come out early. And if they do, it's really going to bolster this tight end class. Limwell asks, uh, rank your favorite munchy meal deal. Taco Bell, five buck box, which I'm going to have to look that up. I'm not sure what's in it. But they have a lot of different options, I think. Wendy's, four for four. Solid. The McDonald's dollar menu. Mm. and jack-in-the-box tacos. A little unfair to put jack-in-the-box tacos in there because that's just 99 cents. So to compare that with a $5 meal is a little bit unfair. I guess we yeah. could say eight tacos, eight or ten tacos. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with a jack-in-the-box taco. I don't, I've never had it. You know, it's probably a little depressing that I'm sure they're just frozen and then they drop them in a fryer and then they give them to you, right. but they're pretty tasty. And for 99 cents, it's an incredible value. Better than Taco Bell tacos? Ooh... Depends on my mood. Mm. Yes, it depends. If I'm in a really positive mood, uh, I'd probably go with the Taco Bell taco. Okay. But if I've been a little down, if it's been a rough day, I would go Jack in the Box. It's a depression taco. Okay. Yeah. So that's how that one works. Uh, The McDonald's dollar menu against Wendy's with the four for four, which I'm sure is like the junior bacon cheeseburger, five nuggets, fries, fries, whatever. Yeah. 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 That's not bad. Nothing wrong with the Wendy's uh, value menu. You know what? Let me look up the Taco Bell five buck box. McDonald's has always been, if you need, if you want to hit a dollar menu, that's, that's kind of the place. Dollar menu, McChicken. Yeah, the double cheeseburger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they change it to the McDouble, which means I believe yeah. you lose a piece of cheese. Yeah, there's only one piece of cheese. Yeah, yeah, it's messed up. I used to work at McDonald's in high school, so nice. Yeah, I, they're stingy about the cheese. It's the most expensive food that they order every week. It's, okay, it's a, a big brick of cheese. You were in management. Yeah, I helped you, with the ordering. Yeah, you knew the expense cost. I, was, I worked at Sonic. I was a cook. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I did that too. I did it. I did a little bit of everything though. But yeah, yeah I helped with the ordering, and the even more expensive than. You know, a lot of the other stuff, a whole brick of cheese, which is like, you know, 50 slices of American cheese. So that's real cheese. Yeah, it's a it's American cheese, yeah. Yeah, it's cheese. Yeah. Uh, the current $5 value combo at Taco Bell includes a Chalupa Supreme, a beefy five-layer burrito, a crunchy taco, 
cinnamon twists, and a medium fountain drink. Okay. If you bought those separately, it's about nine bucks, but they it's a five dollar entree now. Oh. I only like tacos, so that one's gonna finish last for me. At Taco Bell, I always get a number eight, two crunchy, one soft, no lettuce with a Mountain Dew. Mm. That's the three taco meal. Okay. Um, I go nachos bel grande, uh add jalapeno sauce, chicken quesadilla. That's it. Okay, so we're going I lost the question. Um I'm gonna go Jack in the Box tacos. Hmm. Nope, I'm going Wendy's four for four. Mm. You're going McDonald's? I think so. Dollar okay. menu. From Dalton on Twitter, Jeffrey, I need to know how Dane feels about future Dallas Cowboy Brett Rippon. The Boise State Connect makes him a round higher value on their board. It's a lock. Yeah, well, if uh, we know the Cowboys love their Boise State players, and Brett Rippon's one of the few Boise State players that has a chance to get drafted this year. He's the nephew of uh, former NFL quarterback uh, Mark. Mark Rippon. Back in the early 90s. That's not the guy that rammed his head into a wall, right? Was that Gus Farrar? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, With Rippon, he's... He reminds me a lot of Luke Falk from Washington State last year, where he doesn't have any imposing physical traits. He's not the biggest. His arm's average. He's better than Kellen Moore. You know, he's a little bit bigger, has a better arm. Um, But, you know, I think he's just very... He's almost too average. I don't know. I... Maybe you add him to the mix in your quarterback room, but I don't think he has. He's not a guy you want starting for your NFL football team, I'll tell you that. Jeffrey, with a G, Geoffrey, uh, says, where does TCU's Ben Banagu rank as an edge player? <sighs> Sounds like not high. Sorry, Jeffrey. It's not that. It's, he just hasn't had the senior season I think he needed. Uh, he came into the year as a possible top 100 player, um, I think he was preseason Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, uh, a transfer from UL Monroe uh, before last season. There's a lot to like about him, but you know he's a little bit undersized, uh, maybe 6'3", 245, around there. Um, I'm not sure he's going to be more than a mid-round pick at best. Uh, I know there are some scouts that like his teammate, LJ Collier, on the defensive line better. Um, ben, Benagu is a guy that is more of a pass rusher, and if you stop his initial his initial rush, he's probably going to shut him down. He's not going to help you versus a run. So uh, a lot of questions about him. I think he's not not much more than a mid round pick, but uh, it, nonetheless, he's a good story. Born in Nigeria, you know his family's uh, you know it's it's a big part of who he is, and so a good story, but. Not a premier NFL prospect. Steven says, love to hear your take on the differences between D-tackles Ed Oliver from Houston and Quinnen Williams from Bama and what each could bring to the NFL. In my opinion, I think Quinnen Williams should be the number one overall pick. Thanks. Oh, so he said that, not you. He said that. Okay. He said that. What do you think? How do you differentiate between the two? Is Ed Oliver going to test as a more athletic freak? Probably, yeah. Quinnen Williams for this year has probably been the more productive player. I well, think if, if you had to pick him today, and I haven't done tape study on him, I think I would lean to Quinn and Williams first. Yes. Uh, but Ed Oliver is going to be a whole lot of fun too. I have done the tape study, and Quinn and Williams is just, he's got better tape. There's just no way around it. Uh, Ed Oliver, and that's nothing against Ed Oliver. Like, I want to be able to praise Quinn and Williams without hurting Ed Oliver. No, that's not, not how it works, Dane. If I know, you like Quinn Williams, it means you hate Ed Oliver. Exactly. I and can't believe you wouldn't take Ed Oliver in the first round. I, yes, I hate him, and I, he's off the draft board. Damn. Um, it's frustrating because, again, I love Ed Oliver. Quinn Williams has just had better tape this year. He's been a better player, uh, and I think he is the better NFL prospect because 
of everything that he can do. He has the full skill set, quickness. His initial quickness off the snap is ridiculous. His power at the point of attack is awesome. His ability to use his hands and detach from blocks and you know maintain a plan. It's not just out there just uh, being active and aggressive but not going anywhere. He has a plan with everything that he's doing. Uh, actually, last night I had a good conversation with uh, a guard from Arkansas who will be uh, uh, meet the prospect this week on The Athletic. Uh, really interesting guy from Denmark. Uh, but he uh, has gone up against... Uh, he's been a starting guard at Arkansas the last three years. So he's gone up against Jonathan Allen. He's gone up against um, yeah, Deron Payne. He's gone up against Quinton Williams. And I had talking to him about Quinton Williams, and he, he did a great job summing him up, saying how the key with Quinton Williams is he's so good at using your leverage against you. He understands that. And so for a defensive lineman who's only a redshirt sophomore, first-year starter... He knows a lot. He's very, he's very keen understanding of what it takes to win that battle uh, in the trenches. Uh, he also had a good line, uh, the Arkansas guard, uh, Yelda Froholt. Uh, he said, you have to be at your best to beat his average. And I thought that was a great line by him, uh, talking about Quinton Williams. So, uh, And again, back to Ed Oliver, a really good player. He's going to test really well, but probably going to be between 280 285 that's not going to be uh, you know pounds that's not going to be a fit for everybody and what they do what they ask their defense defensive tackles to do he's a one gap penetrator that's what he does best whether you play him uh you know a gap b gap uh you know he can do different things based on your alignment but he's not going to be for every scheme and that's i, I think there's much more likely that Quinn Williams goes top 3 than than Ed Oliver does i think Ed Oliver's probably going to go somewhere 6 to 10 Okay, and the next one, I don't know if you can see what I'm looking up over here, but the next question is, who is the best Marvel hero? Not your favorite, but the best. Well, the best is broad. It is. Like, most effective? You know, or I guess you're just saying, like, Wolverine is my favorite, of course. Okay. Because he has a drinking problem, and I think that makes him a great character. Um, and he can't die, right? Or he... Well, he, he heals himself, right? Yeah, he does heal himself. I think if you cut his head off, I think that'd probably do it. Uh, mm. He might end up killing Sabretooth at some point. I'm not sure. Uh, Thor is like a god, so that's, that's true, a little yeah. that's tough to beat. Yeah, um, another god would have to knock him off. Now, now, Storm is the one that in the X Men comic books he always pulled them out of the fire. Yeah, well, if you uh, can control weather, yeah, that's pretty impressive. That is pretty good. That might well, even be able to handle Thor. What about Captain America? Uh, I think Captain America was propaganda for war purposes, and so I'm out on Captain America. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. Iron Man? Uh, I do like Professor X and Magneto. You're all about these X-Men. Well, yeah, 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 because I don't know how many people know this, but Stan Lee, his actual name is Lieber, so he was a, a Jewish guy okay. that when he wrote this, he was basically writing the X-Men about people who have been oppressed, and then Magneto oh. and Professor X were basically Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. So you had a civil rights thing going in the X-Men where one of them was like, yo, screw this, by any means necessary. That was Magneto. And Professor X was like, yo, homie, nonviolent. Let's Hmm. just try to fix the world, you know? And so, uh, you know, Stan Lee was a badass, and the Marvel heroes are badasses. I'm just going to go Wolverine. I don't care about the rules of the question. I like Wolverine. Best. He was a drinker. I I think you have to go Thor. You're talking about the best. I mean, but... That hammer that he's got? It's a hammer, that hammer right? is, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Unless Odin decides that he's not worthy of it, then he can't pick it up. <laughs> oh. You know, that's a tough break. Next question on Trust the Tape, your featured NFL draft and college football podcast, of course. 
Let me see here. Is Dakota Allen going to be the first Tech defensive player drafted early since God knows how long for Mitchell? Define early. Uh, will he be drafted? Uh, yes. Not. I don't think he's a top 100 guy. I think he's more of a you know rounds between rounds four and six type of player. Uh, not a bad player by any means. He's just you know has some holes in his game and coverage, and you know against a run, he's physical, he's violent, just. More of a day three pick, a guy that's going to add depth to your linebacker group and you know possibly see the field uh, when needed. Two more questions. This one from Trip: Who is the actual wide receiver number one? I feel like Hakeem Butler needs more respect. That's Iowa State, correct? Butler. Yeah. I don't. Hakeem. Iowa State fans are going to hate me. Oh no! I'm not sure Hakeem Butler is going to be in my top ten wide receivers. Oh man, shots fired at Hakeem Butler. But again, it's just because this wide receiver class is so diverse there's so many different options here um you know if you want you know the we talked about marquise brown before hollywood you want the the small shifty guy that has speed to take the top off a of defense create after the catch that's your guy uh if you want the basketball playing uh post up possession guy that's jj or sega white side uh Nikhil harry riley ridley kelvin Harmon. they do a little bit of everything they don't have the elite speed uh, in their routes and they're not going to create consistent separation but they really get the catch point, and uh, you know they offer some things that makes you think they have potential to start with Hakeem Butler. Uh, I, I like him. I think he's probably you know he's somewhere on day two for me. You know, probably probably more third round than second round. Uh, just because yes, he can get downfield, and you know at his size, we're talking about six five, six six, two hundred twenty five pounds. He can out-rebound the football, and he's done that against some inferior competition like Kansas this year. But, you know, we remember the touchdowns he got against Oklahoma. But in the NFL, those 50-50 balls are more like 20-80 balls. You know, it's just not going to have the same type of success. And his routes, his speed, they're not what you are looking for from an NFL starter. So I think he's just a specialized guy who has value, but he's more of a day two, more like round three type of player, and I think there's better receivers in this draft. Now, who's the best? Who's the true number one? There's no consensus. Uh, you know, if you want to have Hakeem Butler as your number one, go for it. I don't, you know, I'm not going to say you're wrong because there's a lot of these guys lumped together. I think right now I'd leave Marquise Brown because of that speed. It's just so special, and I never thought I'd say a 170-pound receiver would be the best in the draft, but... <laughs> Right now, that's kind of where I'm leaning because of what he can do, the way he can stretch out an offense, both vertically and horizontally, uh, the way he can uh, you know, keep the defense really locked on one guy and open up things for the rest of the team. So John Ross, because that speed went top 10 a few years ago, hasn't lived up to it. Uh, but I still think teams are going to be looking for that next Tyree kill, and Marquise Brown is the closest thing to that. And because of that, I think he's probably going to go somewhere in that late first round. Last question from Buffalo <laughs> Grumblings on Twitter. Secrets and tips for making great pulled pork? Um, you know, it's hard, it, it, Pulled pork's a very forgiving meat to attack. It, oh, it sounds like I need to make some then. I can't screw that up. It's hard to screw it up. It's okay, very cool. forgiving. Uh, you know, you can overcook it and, you know, I, I've done, you know, I've brined it ahead of time. That didn't work. It was way too salty. Um, so I think you just need to really uh, coat it in whatever you want. I like to do butter and then whatever seasoning you want on top of that, put it in the smoker for, uh, you know, usually it depends on the size of, of the pork shoulder or the, or the butt. And, you know, 225 should only take you four or five hours. 
take it off, add some more, uh, or you know, shred it up into into a pan, put put some more, uh, sprinkle a little more seasoning all over it, and uh, you're good to go. It's really forgiving. It's really hard unless you really overcook it. It's can really I do, hard to screw it up. Can I do pulled pork for Thanksgiving? Turkey's so dry and bland. Yeah, I mean, can I just change what we're eating there? Just go to Popeyes and order a Cajun turkey. That I love Popeyes. Yeah, I know. You I do. had Popeyes yesterday. Popeyes is good. It was incredible. I had two snap kitchen meals for breakfast and lunch. That's the healthy stuff. Uh huh. And then I thought, you know what? I've earned Popeyes, <laughs> and I went and had it because it's so incredible. Yeah, but you, you, I'm so disappointed in you. And what? You go to Popeyes and you get the mild. You yeah. Go spicy. That spicy is good stuff. The spicy ruins the chicken. All no. they're doing is sprinkling some nastiness on the outside between the nasty them and the, goodness. Yeah. No, I like, I have some Cajun stuff at the house. If I wanted to put something on there, I got some stuff. Oh, so you do it. like Cajun stuff? A little bit, yeah. But the you know Popeyes, they go a little over the top with That's it. That's that Louisiana cooking. A little over the top. I got one more question for you. Oh, uh, is it where we sit right now, November fourteenth? Is it too early to put up your Christmas tree? No. Uh-uh. New, no. new, new, new. Good. No, I support the. Uh, I support all that. I took my Halloween decorations down yesterday. I was a little okay. behind. But if I weren't lazy, I would totally support having Christmas lights on your house from November 1st to February. Thank you. Yeah, I, put, I, mean, I put mine up yesterday. Did you really? Yeah. What a well, badass. Uh, well, our Christmas tree goes up November 19th every year because that's the day I propose to my oh, wife. Oh, that's and so I, pro- I proposed with an ornament. Oh! With that said... Will you marry me? And it did no ring. You saved all no, the money? Yeah, yeah, just the ornament. And yeah, yeah that's so. awesome. And she wears that ornament, which exactly. is the coolest thing. You're right. Out in public, she has this ornament. It's awkward sometimes, but it's hand. a good conversation starter. Yeah, it's incredible. All right, the end. Uh, we will talk to you guys next week on Trust the Tape. Five-star reviews now. <coughs> and tell your friends to subscribe, for crying out loud. Why aren't your friends subscribed? You know, we need our listenership to be in the millions. So let's get on that. We'll see you next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.